Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Tell Me Everything. Hello to our evil army of the night. We invite you guys to call in live for the next three hours, coast to coast, in all 50 states, including Canada, our favorite province of America. I'm kidding. Please, Canadians, come save us. Bring us health care. We'll forgive you for Bieber. I've got it worked out. Chris Household's our executive producer. We are very pleased to welcome our associate producer, Thea Harper, back to the show tonight. We have missed her and are thrilled to have her with us. Again, our number is 866-997-4748. If you're pissing off the racists with something you say, you're probably saying something right. Um, We have a great show tonight. Dr. Jason Nichols of the University of Maryland will be joining us later on to talk about Katanji Brown Jackson's first couple of days on the Supreme Court. Got a lot to get to. We sat down for another conversation with William Shatner today. He loves us. Chris, he loves us. He couldn't stop with the compliments. It was a very, very fun interview. His book is actually quite fun and quite lovely. And uh, it's a it's a really good conversation with William Shatner because you can just go anywhere with that guy. Um, Jennifer Tilly and Paul Feig will be joining us in the next couple of days. And these shows will all be airing, I think, later this week. Also, Leanne Lord, uh, she and I are going to be co-headlining this weekend at the Hopewell Theater in Hopewell, New Jersey, which is a beautiful space with a beautiful crowd. We'd love to see you guys down there. You can go to tickets.hopewelltheater.com. It's going to be very, very funny. Also, Laughing Liberally, Indictment Excitement. We had a couple of comics on last night talking about it. I'm going to be doing about a dozen nights joining the troupe for their off-Broadway run. Dino Badala will be doing some shows as well, and a lot of other great comics, including Carol Montgomery and Nagin Farsad, Calvin Cato, TV's Frank, Frank Conniff. It's going to be really fun. It's at an off-Broadway theater in Midtown. You can go to indictmentexcitement.com, because really, why have an easy website for something like that? It's off-Broadway. You should have to work. One more thing, the Sexy Liberal Tour. We've got one more big date coming up in the end of the end of. No, it's like two weeks from now, the 22nd of October. Stephanie Miller, Frangela, Hal Sparks, myself. Our special guests include Rob Reiner, Congressman Adam Schiff. And there are some seats left, but it's just been announced. You can watch it online. It will be available as a streaming pay-per-view. Go to SexyLiberal.com for tickets at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills. Come on. You can you can make it out to California or join us. Join the party. Experience the drunken revelry from the comfort of your own home. And again, hello to all the daywalkers, all you folks who have lives who aren't with us at night, but you're listening on the SiriusXM app or the John Fugelsang podcast or the SiriusXM um, on-demand function. So, hi, guys. You guys can call, too, anytime in the evenings. Join the ruckus we throw here. And uh, we always take your notes, your threats, your dirty jokes, either at johnfugelsang.com or our show's wonderful Facebook page. All right, let's get to it. Because we're at a time now when we're surrounded by 
trolls and crypto fascists and revoltingly false Christians and white supremacists and assorted trifling knobs. We've got what the fuck fatigue from trying to be informed and sane amidst this self-serving squalor of disinformation, rank fuckery and double talk and jive. It is so hard. It is so hard sometimes to tell what is true and what is gaslighting. And, and we should be talking about Loretta Lynn. We should be talking about Loretta Lynn today. The queen of country music. Easily one of the most legendary songwriters and performers in American popular music. Died today at her home in Tennessee. She was 90 years old. Born Loretta Webb. And she really was a coal miner's daughter in 1932. Her family was so poor, famously, her mother used Sears catalog pages as wallpaper. She was one of eight children and grew up in incredible destitution in the Depression in the backwater of Butcher Holler, Kentucky. And Loretta, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, Herschel Walker. I can't, I, I want to make this all about Loretta Lynn, but can we talk about Herschel Walker for a second, please? Because right now, the Republican Party platform is, I oppose abortion in all cases, unless it's to save the political life of the father. Nope. <laughs> Our Republican friends are trying to unseat Senator Raphael Warnock, who who pulled off the win just last year in the special election. He's running for his first full six-year term. The state barely went to Joe Biden. It's really close. And so Republicans nominated the guy Donald Trump wanted, former University of Georgia football star and head injury recipient Herschel Walker, to try to take the seats from the Democrats. Donald Trump endorsed him because Donald Trump's true ethnicity is celebrity, and he likes to go for people who are famous, whether they're electable or not, like Dr. Oz, like Carrie Lake, like J.D. Vance. So uh, already there were some people who might have had concerns with the Republican Party about his business dealings, uh, the fact that he tried to hide three children born out of wedlock and lied to his own staff about it, uh, the well-documented allegations of domestic violence. Man held a gun to his ex, a loaded gun to his ex-wife's head. But, oh, wait, no, he's pro-life. I forgot. So it's all OK. Walker said in September to Politico, Raphael Warnock wants to protect the killing of babies right up to the moment of birth. We need to do better. I am a proud pro-life Christian. I will always stand up for our unborn children. Wow. Calling the pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church a baby killer. And, and in the campaign, let's be fair. Herschel's been consistent, pushing for an abortion ban with no exception. Abortion ban with no exception for rape or for incest or if the mother's life is at stake. Too bad. We're pro-life. You can die. And again, this is putting women in jail. Let's be very clear about the language. Our right-wing friends have not thought this through. They've worn this little hat called criminalizing abortion that they think is Christianity for a generation. And they haven't thought it through. Because when you criminalize abortion, you won't end abortion, just the safe legal kinds, right? And also, so you'll be putting women in jail. Keep that in mind. Now, this is a state, Georgia, that could really easily go Democratic. And this is a time when Republicans across our country are very much on the defensive about abortion rights. So last night, the Daily Beast broke the story that Herschel Walker, who has bashed black men for being absentee fathers and had two sons out of wedlock... But now they broke the story last night that a former girlfriend said Herschel Walker paid for her to have an abortion in 2009. And she showed the Daily Beast the receipt, the get well card and the $700 check from Walker. And it's bad. Even Sean Hannity wasn't buying it. But Sean Hannity doesn't have to. And you may have heard by now, Herschel Walker's son, Christian, who is a very right wing young man, um, very homophobic, very anti-abortion, all because of his church. You know, he's been taught that, that. Jesus is about being shitty to poor people. Uh, post a lot of videos, but now he's done. And it's amazing. He's been posting videos on Twitter, accusing his father of threatening to kill the family. Every family member of Herschel Walker asked him not to run for office because we all knew some of his past. Every single one. He decided to give us the middle finger and air out all of his dirty laundry in public while simultaneously lying about it. I'm done. We've never seen something like this. Not even Rudy Giuliani's daughter did something like this. I mean, here it is Christian Walker, now the most outspoken critic of his dad, the candidate for Senate in Georgia that he has been fighting for for a couple of years. I stayed silent as the atrocities committed against my mom were downplayed. I stayed silent when it came out that my father, Herschel Walker, had all these random kids across the country, none of whom he raised. 
and you know my favorite issue to talk about is father absence. Surprise, because it affected me. That's why I talk about it all the time, because it affected me. Family values, people, he has four kids, four different women, wasn't in the house raising one of them. He was out having sex with other women. Do you care about family values? I was silent lie after lie after lie. The abortion card drops yesterday. It's literally his handwriting in the card. They say they have receipts, whatever. He gets on Twitter, he lies about it. Okay, I'm done. Done. Everything has been a lie. And so for the right to say I'm being suspicious for saying, hey, I'm, I'm done with the lies, when you all have been calling me saying, is this true about your dad? Gosh, we're not gonna win Georgia, this candidate, that's been you. You have no idea what I've been through in my life. You have no idea what me and my mom have survived. We could have ended this on day one. We haven't. I haven't told any stories. I'm just saying, don't lie. Don't lie on my mom. Don't lie on me. Don't lie on the lives you've destroyed and act like you're some moral family man. Y'all should care about that. Conservatives. Boom. Now, again, uh, you can't call this guy a Democrat. Can't call him a leftist. No, this is Herschel's son. And he is an arch right wing conservative who wants women to go to jail for abortion just as much as his father pretends he does. Herschel said it's a lie. He said, I send money to a lot of people. He told Hannity last night, I believe in being generous. And then he said he would sue the Daily Beast last night. More on that in a moment. But here's the deal. Even if the abortion allegation is all a lie, Herschel Walker has to deal with the fact that his own son is all over social media attacking him as the liar. And it all means nothing. This entire story, which has captivated the news cycle all day, it means nothing. Because Republicans don't care. There is no one who was going to vote for Herschel Walker yesterday who will not vote for him now because they don't really care that he paid for an abortion, just like they don't really care that Donald Trump did. Let me get Loretta Lynn. I'm okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Loretta Lynn. I mean, what an incredible American story. A classic rags to riches story and you've probably seen the movie Cole Miner's daughter Sissy Spacek won the Oscar playing her Levon Helm played her dad so many books and of course you know she's done 50 studio albums I mean this woman won the Presidential Medal of Honor she won the Grammy she was the most awarded female country singer ever she was the first woman in country music to ever have 50 top 10 hits and her story is legendary when she was 15 ish she met and married Oliver Lynn who she called Do. She knew her husband for a month before she married him, and their relationship lasted 48 years. And it was an up-and-down relationship that inspired a lot of the pain and a lot of the joy in her songwriting. Everything bad her husband did, Loretta Lynn turned it into a song. Now, again, she married between the ages of 13 and 16. He was 21. She gave birth to the first of their six children a year later. Loretta Lynn had four children by the time she turned 20 right incredible and then became one of the greatest recording artists in american history uh, they moved to a logging town in whatcom county washington near the canadian border and she became a housewife and a mom that was going to be it but her husband do bought her a 17 dollars gibson guitar from sears when she was 18 and she learned to play and she started her own band and she was flown to la to record her first hit i'm a honky-tonk girl in the year of 1960 and we okay you know what i mean when i say the republican i'm sorry I, I love loretta lynn but you know what i mean when i say the republican party doesn't care about abortion and herschel walker they, they they're blaming the kid they're blaming his son uh the atlanta journal constitution reports various gop figures are despondent about his chances one anonymous republican official is saying that christian his son is solely to blame if herschel loses the race and Christian Walker, that young man we heard a moment ago, he's he's pushed some of the most racist, homophobic, class ignorant bullshit we've ever heard. He's not known for being an, a, a very moral young man, but he did experience a level of abuse no young person should ever endure. And Republicans don't care. Like they're blaming him. Greg Price from Newsmax just blamed the son, not 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 what Herschel did, not the hypocrisy. They're blaming his son for calling him out. And they're probably right, because remember a little thing called the Access Hollywood tape when we heard Donald Trump bragging that he likes to grab women by the pussy? Literal sexual assault, and boy howdy, these evangelicals thought that was real strength. Rick Scott said when the Democrats are losing, as they are right now, they lie and cheat and smear their opponents. There's no lies. The woman has receipts. 
Herschel Walker paid for an abortion. And again, they'll keep calling it leftists, but it doesn't matter. They don't care. The Senate Leadership Fund has joined the NRSC and they are backing his race. They're going so hard behind him. Uh, SBA Pro-Life America announced today they are staying with Walker. They don't care that he's a hypocrite. It doesn't bother them. They believe in nothing except one thing. And the one thing they believe is their side getting power is good. And, And by the way, Democrats would probably do the same thing. Let's be honest. If there was a prominent Democrat running for the Senate and what, a month before Election Day, we found out that that person had donated a lot of money to banning abortion and anti-abortion causes. Some le- people on the left would want to cut that person loose. But most Democrats would say, you can't throw this race. No, you've got to. It, what matters is what he stands for now, not what he was then. So let's be honest. Mo- mo- most Democrats would do the same thing. But Herschel Walker is still threatening to file a defamation lawsuit against Daily Beast. And I was waiting all day long. He promised it would happen. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. All right. Let me. Um, anyway, Loretta Lynn married this man. Uh, and, and, and he was he was let's he loved her. They, they were close, but he he drank. There was violence. He sure cheated on her. She always said she stood toe to toe with him. She said every time Dew smacked me, he got smacked twice. And they stayed together until he died in 1996. But he, here's the thing. Loretta Lynn didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She didn't run around with other men. She didn't beat anybody up. But her experience in dealing with her husband's problems with alcohol and her husband's behaviors, she took that pain and turned it into art. So many of her greatest country records are directly about trying to deal with her husband. Don't come home a drinking with loving on your mind. Fist city. You ain't woman enough to take my man. Loretta Lynn became a grandma at age 34. Did you know that? Her oldest daughter got married and had her first child at age 18. When her daughter had her first child, Loretta's youngest children were twins, and they were two. But, I mean, Democrats wouldn't do it, though, right? I mean, look, here's the deal. (laughs) The Republicans say abortion is murder. They'll keep saying abortion is murder. Literally, it's murder. And now we know and have the proof they don't mean it. Herschel Walker doesn't mean it. The Right to Life Committee doesn't mean it. If they really believe abortion is murder, then they can't support him because he murdered his own child. But his supporters don't care. None of them mean it. They mean nothing except power. Jezebel had this report that Dr. Oz had a research team that conducted science experiments, which resulted in the deaths of over 300 dogs. For a couple of decades, we've heard rumors about animal abuse. He was once a principal investigator at a Columbia University lab, and Jezebel had this report yesterday that Dr. Oz conducted research that led to the deaths of 329 dogs. They surveyed 75 of his studies that he published himself between 89 and 2010. They found that 31 pigs were killed in his experiments, 661 rabbits and rodents were killed in 38 more studies. In fact, when Oz was a professor at Columbia's medical school, the university had to pay a $2,000 fine for violations of the Animal Welfare Act. He kills puppies, folks. Columbia's cut all ties with Dr. Oz. We don't even know how many animals he may have directly mistreated. And when they asked for a response, the Oz campaign just said only the idiots at Newsweek believe what they read at Jezebel. Oof. So you've got the guy who says he's against abortion and pays for them. You've got the doctor who tortures and kills dogs. You know, if Herschel Walker loses and Dr. Oz loses, the Republicans have a very tough time winning the Senate. They would have to win at least one of the states that are leaning Democratic. They'd have to win in Arizona or Colorado or New Hampshire. And Dems have the advantage. I mean, if if Walker and Oz both lose, the GOP's probably not going to get the Senate. But Walker and Oz could both win because the Republican Party, sadly, believes nothing. Oh, they'll say they believe in small government, but look at the history. Oh, they'll say they believe in protecting our borders, but they don't. We have undocumented immigration because we have white people offering jobs like Donald Trump. They don't care. All right, Loretta Lynn deserves better. I'm sorry. I'm going to she 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 broke through so many country music boundaries. And Loretta Lynn, who was conservative in many ways, was also incredibly progressive in many ways too. Her, her song The Pill was at the time a shocking endorsement of birth control. One's on the way is all about how just frequent child rearing is a terrible way to live your life. Uh, how the stigma of divorce is almost always pinned on women. The song Rated X. She got banned from a lot of country stations. I mean, at a time when we were dealing with changing roles of women, 
and women's rights, Loretta Lynn made a lot of country music fans uncomfortable. And that's why she was amazing, because all of her music was based on her own experience. And she didn't write it for any particular political audience either. I mean, she was a great songwriter. And her genius came in just taking true life stories with humor, with compassion, and turning it into art. Her ranch, Hurricane Mills, has six museums on it. It has its own post office and its own zip code. And um, and Herschel Walker, really, he's not going to sue the Daily Beast. His lawyer said, we're currently considering our options, but no final decision has been made on the future handling of this matter. He said there'd be a lawsuit this morning. I mean, again, we should be mourning Loretta Lynn, but we have to talk about these trifling fools like Clarence Thomas. Can I, can I, Clarence Thomas is, is now going to be the more special or special master for Donald Trump. He's given the DOJ until next Tuesday at five o'clock to respond to Trump's latest motion. And liberals are getting outraged about this. And it's like, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what do you get? Why are you surprised by any of this? Well, because his wife, Janine, no, no, no. Clarence Thomas is helping Trump with his corrupt theft of U.S. documents, even though his wife, Ginny, helped Donald Trump's corrupt attempt to steal our democracy. But liberals, these are two totally different, unrelated types of corruption. OK, duh, they don't care. Republicans don't care about their own hypocrisy. They don't care about their own corruption. They don't care about lawlessness. Clarence Thomas has a lifetime appointment and he's married to QAnon. Again, the hypocrisy doesn't bother them. Uh, today, Dinesh was saying if Raphael Warnock did exactly what Herschel Walker did, the left would brush it off. And even more audacious, accused the publications that reported him of racism. No, they wouldn't. In fact, if we found out that Raphael Warnock had paid for abortions, we would have said, OK, well, that's his business. It's between her and her doctor. And he paid for it because a man should pay for that. That's what we say, because Herschel Walker is the hypocrite. He opposes abortion rights and paid for one. Herschel Walker runs women in jail. Herschel Walker supports an abortion ban with no exceptions. He wants raped children to carry their stepfather's baby. That's what he wants. So no, it would be very different if Reverend Warnock did what he did. And by the way, liberals, yeah, Rick Caruso running for mayor of L.A. Well, he was a pro-life Republican for much of his life, and now he's decided to run for mayor. Donald Trump had him on his economic team. Lifelong Republican. He's spending millions trying to buy this race from Karen Bass, and a lot of big famous celebrities have endorsed him. Now he's promising to support abortion rights. He hasn't donated the money yet. But see, that, that's the thing. Democrats are opposing him because of his past. Some Democrats are saying, well, this is what he's fighting for now. So that's reasonable. And if he gets the nomination, they'll, they'll fight for him. But Dana Lash said, if Walker paid for one broad's abortion compared to Warnock, who wants your tax dollars to pay for every broad's abortion as birth control with no limitations, this isn't a difficult choice and conservatives shouldn't look to the left to validate their vote. I apologize if I made her sound too reasonable in my impression. Look, here, here's the deal. Herschel's a total religious hypocrite. That's the difference. He's also a woman abusing serial liar. And Reverend Warnock is a pastor who's actually read the Bible and he knows Jesus had extremely different priorities than modern Republican politicians. I mean, what is it they love about Herschel Walker? That he lied about being a cop? The hidden children he lied to his staff about? The way he held a loaded gun to his wife's head? Herschel Walker also likes to trash abortion rights for evangelical voters and they like the message so much they're not going to care that he paid for an abortion. And of course... Herschel Walker likes to trash black men who are absentee fathers in front of conservative white voters. And those voters like that message so much. Because if you're a black man putting down black people, there's a white conservative who'll put you on TV. They like the message so much they don't care that Herschel's an absentee father himself. He's playing their song. President Obama gave Loretta Lynn the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2013. He acknowledged her legacy of courageously breaking barriers in an industry long dominated by men. And of course, in 2004, she put out maybe her best album, collaborating with Jack White of the White Stripes, the record Van Leer Rose. Very autobiographical, fantastic guitar playing from Jack White. Great, great songwriting, great performing. And at 72 years old, Loretta Lynn got a Grammy Award for Best Country Album. So there's a lesson here. Strive for authenticity and be your truest self. Also, if you want to be a Republican senator one day, don't send get well soon cards to women whose abortions you just paid for. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, your calls at 866-997-GRIT and Dr. Jason Nichols on Katanji Brown-Jackson's first week on the court. Mm -hmm. 
What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I tried to do an obituary for Loretta Lynn. I, I don't think she'd like it, but I'm just too angry. John Fetterman now leads Mehmet Oz 46 to 40 percent in a USA Today poll. Josh Shapiro is up 48 percent to 37 percent over Doug Mastriano. Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan leads Tudor Dixon 50 percent to 32 percent. Marco Rubio is still six points ahead of Val Demings in Florida. And this just in a new poll from Keating Research, 47 um, percent of voters in Lauren Boebert's district in Colorado support her reelection. But her opponent, the Democrat Adam Frisch, has the support of 45 percent. Yeah, it is now a statistical tie. Lauren Boebert might have to start her job at Fox News a few years sooner than we're all planning on. Right now, I am thrilled to welcome to the show one of our favorite guests, someone I think we've recently talked into becoming a regular. Uh, Dr. Jason Nichols is an award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland College Park. He was the editor-in-chief uh, of Word, Beats, and Life, the global journal of hip-hop culture, the first peer-reviewed journal of hip-hop studies. You may have read his stuff in The Guardian or foxnews.com. It is a great pleasure to welcome Jason Nichols back to the show. Hello, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me, John. It's always great being here with you. Well, it's great having you here. And you have a great piece in Newsweek I want everybody to read that I'm going to tweet out um, about the history of the moment. Uh, Justice Brown Jackson's historic reign will be marred by the conservative court. I, I think you nailed it in the title alone, Jason. It's like we're all so thrilled about this brilliant jurist and the historic moment uh, that we're all seeing here and at the same time grappling with the reality that her job for the next couple of years is going to be writing dissents. Exactly. It's it's really a, a difficult situation because, you know, we're all excited, uh, you know, and it was uh, a campaign promise that was fulfilled by President Biden. But at the same time, when you look at the docket for in, in the coming months and for this next session of the SCOTUS, uh, there are some serious cases up before them that are going to determine the future for a whole lot of people, particularly right. the, the community that um, she comes from, that uh, K, K, uh, KBJ comes from, is certainly going to be seriously affected. African-American people, African-American women are going to be seriously affected by a lot of cases that have to do with the environment, have to do with Medicare, have to do with voting. All That's of the right. issues that we're really, uh, really, you know, energized about, she's probably going to be writing dissents on. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, she will be. And it's kind of tragic because we'd love to see her writing the majority opinions. But I don't know, unless somehow they have the dirt on Alito and Thomas and they can both resign in the next two years. It's probably going to be this way for all of our lives for the next few years. We have these three brilliant women on the court and they will all be explaining why they disagree with right wing rulings for God knows how long. You know, John, I hate to I hate to say this because you and I, I think you and I agree. I think we were both Bernie guys in, in 2016. And uh, but we did what Bernie <laughs> did. Yeah. You know, we, we went and said, all right, we got to swallow the pill and we got to cast that ballot for Hillary. But by the and, way, by the way, by the way, Jason, a very easy choice. I mean, it, it's so easy uh, to support Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump vigorously. I mean, just boom, not a problem. As you know, the second Bernie dropped out, the, the majority of his supporters fought for her really hard as Bernie did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Right. No, absolutely. And we need to recognize that elections have consequences. We already saw Roe go down. We're going to see a lot of other things that are going to affect a lot of Democratic constituents and actually Republicans, too, but they don't like to admit it. And it's it's really going to harm a lot of people. The problem is a lot of times we fell for this narrative. And when I say we, the American public, a lot of people fell for the narrative that, oh, there's really no difference. You know, Hillary's as bad as Trump. Uh, And I heard that lots from lots of people. And a lot of people actually stayed home because of that. Or a lot of people actually, some even were like, hey, I can vote for Trump. Why not? And, uh, you know, fell for the what do we have to lose? And then we actually find out we're losing a lot of our uh, basic rights, whether it's bodily autonomy, whether it's health care and, you know, coming up with voting rights. We saw how it got stripped down in 2013, despite having, uh, you know, the right guy for the job in the office. You know, once you got the the other guy who all of a sudden puts in three Supreme Court justices, uh, you know, we have to recognize that these elections have consequences. I also think that Democrats can start playing hardball. You know, people have talked about a lot of different options. Number one, you know, some people are saying, hey, let's split California up into a couple of states and get more senators. You know, of course, let's make Puerto Rico a state if that's what they want to do. Yeah. D.C. I I got love for Guam. Bring it on. You know, I mean, let's do it. Absolutely. Um, And of course, it, it really frustrates me that we have all of a sudden gone with the Republican narrative of calling it court packing when it's court expansion. Yeah. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't expand the court. There have been several times where the court has been more than nine members. Exactly. Or fewer than nine. Mitch McConnell made sure it was only eight for a whole year. One guy <laughs> chose that. You're exactly right. And again, I can't point this out enough, but we have to remember these six right-wing justices determining the future of our country, our industry, our, our pollution. We have to remember that five of the six were appointed by presidents. The majority of voters voted against. And the sixth is Clarence Thomas, appointed by a president who opposed the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That's the bench they've got up there right now. Absolutely. I mean, Clarence Thomas, and actually, I think my editor, you know, shout out to her, but she took out uh, the part about Ginny Thomas that I actually put in the article. Uh, You know, Clarence Thomas is really someone who, do do you really want women's health and women's bodies in the Coke can guy's hands, you know, the guy who, who, you know, was almost kept off of the court. And again, we have we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Joe Biden was part of the reason that he's on that court, you know. Well, in, 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 in responsibility. But in fairness, I got to I got to do this. Joe Biden, I, I, Joe Biden's the reason we know Anita Hill's name. Joe Biden voted against Clarence Thomas. I thought yeah, Joe Biden yeah. was a tremendous grandstander. During those hearings, I watched them when I was young and I, I thought he was just so theatrical and about himself it really turned me off. But in the end of the day, he's the reason that for better or worse, uh, you know, Dr. Hill was able to tell her story and he did vote against Justice Thomas. Uh, he uh, did. Quite, so yeah, I got that, it. Just, that is know. true. I, I think at least my memory of it, of, of that Please. process, he and Arlen Specter and all of those people who were who were on that committee. You know, the way they treated Anita Hill was was largely unfair. Um, I I hear you. But the whole question, I don't want to get bogged down in it, but I I love this debate because, you know, the whole question is, should Joe Biden have not as as the chairman? Should Joe Biden have not called her forward to testify? Should he have kept her secret? I mean, it was either bring her forward or not. And I'm sure she would have preferred to keep her privacy. But um, I, I also feel that the culture was enriched a lot by that choice. So I, I get oh, both absolutely. sides of it. I mean, yeah. we have language now for sexual harassment. That that word didn't exist before, you know, uh, right. before that period, before that uh, hearing. We didn't know that phrase. and And the sad part was a lot of people... You know, he had all the president's men and he was able to come up with a strategy. And what part of his strategy was this 
this is the lynching of an uppity black man. Oh, you I know. know. High tech lynching of an uppity black man using that imagery. And then at the time, when you looked at that committee who was all white, all white men. Men. I know. I know. They're Clarence like, oh. Thomas. But that to me, that was that was Clarence Thomas hijacking a narrative because Clarence Thomas actually never cared about the lynchings of black men. Clarence Thomas has cared about Clarence Thomas. I mean, you know, speaking as a nervous Caucasian, I mean, he was hired to to re- to undo Thurgood Marshall's legacy the same way Amy Coney Barrett was chosen to undo Ruth Bader Ginsburg's legacy. That's literally why Clarence Thomas, who no one had ever heard of, Justice Marshall had never heard of him before, he was picked because he was the most prominent, frothing right-wing black guy George Bush Sr. could find. Absolutely. And the, and the interesting thing is, one of the things that's coming up before the court is affirmative action. Let's so, get to it. So, you know, yeah. uh, Students for a Fair America... Uh, versus the University of North Carolina and versus Harvard College. And one of the things that Clarence Thomas has been so opposed to, despite having been a, a recipient and beneficiary of it, is affirmative action. That's right. And in some ways, I think he is exactly the kind of thing that the right wing argues against. Because affirmative action, really, all it does is open a door. It's up yeah. to you to walk through it. There's never been, I'm a, I teach at the university level. I've never gotten a test where someone's given it to me and then said, oh, here's my affirmative action voucher. I get 10 <laughs> You has know, that's not how with, this works. Has nothing you, to do with quotas, right, doctor? Nothing to do with quotas, affirmative action. That's the biggest lie the Bush has told us. As a matter of fact, uh, if you want a court case, Regents of California, Regents of the University of California versus Baki, 1978. 44 years, we have not had quotas. They have been absolutely illegal. So all of this, again, the talk about quotas is just a talking point. Just like people come up with words that are buzzwords like grooming or or all these Mm -hmm. kinds of things that are just supposed to evoke an emotion when they know that it's factually untrue. And when it comes to affirmative action, here's Clarence Thomas. Again, he did the work. He got through Yale Law. Yeah, He was a mediocre student. (laughs) We have the evidence of that. He was not like a top notch. He wasn't, you know, Katanji Brown Jackson, but he he was he he did it himself. But I think the thing that he has done, he won't give that degree back. He won't say, well, I'm not deserving. And he was put on the court because he was a black person. That was literally why, you know, he's he's not somebody who is just super qualified. You know, because there were probably more qualified people, women, other black people, probably. Yeah. And certainly there were lots of white men who were, who were more qualified than him. He is sure. what they say they despise. But yet he wants to shut the door for people who just want opportunities with affirmative action. It's so you true. Know? And by, by the way, I want to point out, you know, one of the greatest proponents of affirmative action in our country is the United States military. They have filed counter briefs and court case after court case explaining why having a more diverse hiring pool is great for the armed forces. And consistently, they've made the case often better than Democratic politicians have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think there there are probably things uh, that we can do in addition to our current affirmative action policy. Um, But I think in education, affirmative action has worked in some cases, not as well as we would like, because if you look at, uh, I think the New York Times did did a report that said that uh, in 2017, between like 1980 and 19, and uh, excuse me, 2017, mm-hmm. that actually the amount of black people has not risen at, at elite colleges, elite level colleges, like mm-hmm. the percentage. Um, and then now I was just reading a report that said that 14% that there's a 14% decrease uh, after COVID of black men enrolling in four-year colleges. That's right. And so if we get rid of affirmative action, what is that going to do to education for, you know, young black men who want an opportunity? Um, And affirmative action is not about taking someone who's underqualified. That's another myth. Exactly. It's about some, you know, if there are two equally qualified candidates, you will take other things into consideration if they are part of an underrepresented group, if they're Native American, if they're 
you know, if women are underrepresented, then you take a woman. Um, That's right. And with this new report, uh, excuse me, this this new case or these new cases that are going to be before the SCOTUS. And we know that uh, Alito and Scalia before him, but Alito and Thomas have been held bound on trying to end affirmative action. That's right. Um, so we're going to see a, a lot of really painful decisions and elections have consequences. And we're going to get really upset when, you know, I agree with Obama, don't boo vote, you know, and now it's time to really push the, the alarm button. You mentioned some of these uh, races around the country. We're really going to need big turnout so that we can yeah. come up with legislative workarounds for a lot of these things that are happening uh, that are going to come out of the Supreme Court. I got to say, um, Katanji Brown Jackson is getting such great reviews so far for how assertive she's been in the court. And one of the cases that um, you wrote about in your piece in Newsweek is uh, about Alabama, Merrill versus Milligan. Um, Alabama is about what 27% black, but uh, it's only one in what, seven districts have, have where black voters have a chance of having any kind of representation in the state government. And she did something today that I want to ask you about. Um, our right-wing friends love to use this phrase, colorblind. Well, we dream of a colorblind society, um, which I always took to mean, let's not even talk about racism and pretend it's not there. I thought the whole point was to have a color-conscious society. Um, exactly. I want to play a clip of uh, Judge Jackson today and get your thoughts on how she addressed the Alabama Solicitor General about this very topic in the 14th Amendment. Um, I don't think we can assume that just because race is taken into account, that that necessarily creates an equal protection problem, because I understood that we looked at the history and traditions of the Constitution, at what the framers and the founders thought about. And when I drilled down to that level of analysis, it became clear to me that the framers themselves adopted uh, the Equal Protection Clause, the 14th Amendment, the 15th Amendment, in a race-conscious way that they were in fact trying to ensure that people who had been discriminated against, the freedmen um, in, during the reconstruction period uh, were actually uh, 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 brought equal to everyone else in the society. So I looked at the uh, report that was submitted by the Joint Committee on Reconstruction, which drafted the 14th <laughs> Amendment. Um, and that report says that the entire point of the amendment was to secure rights of the freed former slaves. The legislator who introduced that amendment said that, quote, unless the Constitution should restrain them, those states will all, I fear, keep up this discrimination and crush to death the hated freedmen. That's not, um, that's not a race-neutral or race-blind <laughs> idea in terms of the remedy. And, and even more than that, um, I don't think that the historical record establishes that the founders uh, believed that race neutrality or race blindness was required, mm. right? They drafted the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which specifically stated that citizens would have the same civil rights as enjoyed by white citizens. That's mm -hmm. the point of that act, to make sure that the other citizens, the black citizens, would have the same as the white citizens. So they recognized that there was unequal treatment, that people based on their race were being treated uh, unequally. And importantly, when there was a concern that the Civil Rights Act wouldn't have a constitutional foundation, that's when the 14th Amendment came into play. It was drafted to give a foundational, uh, a, a constitutional foundation for a piece of legislation that was designed to make people who had less opportunity and less rights Boom. equal to white citizens. So Boom. with that as the framing in the background, I'm trying to understand your position that section two, which by its plain text is doing that same thing, is saying you need to identify people in this community who have less opportunity and less ability to participate and ensure 
that that's remedied, right? It's a race conscious effort, as you have indicated. I'm trying to understand why that violates the 14th Amendment, given the history uh, and, and background of the 14th Amendment. OK, um, I just want to say, did she used to date Herschel Walker because she brought receipts? My God, doctor, I think I'm in love. I mean, she just she just used the whole originalist talking point to completely present an argument. A lot of these people have never even heard before. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought that, you know, colorblindness, first of all, one of the things about colorblindness, just not even from a legal standpoint, first Please. of all, uh, when we look at colorblindness, that assumes that color recognition is the problem. I'm, I'm okay with you noticing that I'm a black guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not doing me any favors by being like, oh, the guy in the tan shirt. Like, you could be like, no, I'm black guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, color recognition is not the problem. It's the the meaning that you put behind the the color of my skin. You know, it's it's the ideas and the stereotypes that are developed that have real world implications. That's or, the problem. Or, or the meaning, or the meanings others may have put behind your skin that well intentioned white conservatives just have never pondered or been exposed to. Right. Exactly. And I think what what she was saying is. is absolutely spot on and i can tell that she's been reading some legal scholarship from you know kimberly crenshaw and you know uh <laughs> you know a, a few others you know critical race theorists i can exactly. tell she's been reading um, the right scholarship because the other thing with colorblindness is you don't tell me that you have a race related problem and then say i'm just going to go in blind that would be like if i had you know, a lung issue, you're just like, I'm going to do a blind remedy here. I'm going to blindly right. try to fix this. I might just fix your nose, even though you don't have a nose problem. <laughs> Dr. Nichols, we are out of time. What is the best way for our listeners to keep up with you and your work? Definitely uh, follow me on Twitter at Dr. Nichols, uh, sorry, at Dr. Jason Nichols. Uh, or you can find me on any social media, Jason Nichols, Jason Nichols, PhD. Brilliant. Uh, you can find me there. Happy KBJ week. I look forward to having you back very soon. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's go to the phones, 866-997-4748. Hello to Dylan in New Mexico. Good evening. Hey, what's up, John? Good to talk Hi. to you. Hey, so that, that clip you just played of Biden, it's mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, it, it, it's irritating because you have the Democrats who have 60 senators, am I right, in 20, uh, two, 2008? Yeah. And they could they could have well, did they, it. I mean, they could they have modified had, it. They, no, they couldn't have. They only had 60 senators for maybe 30 days. There was a lot going on there. Ted Kennedy was dying. Robert Byrd was dying. You had the recount uh, yeah. in Massachusetts. They only really had that 60-vote threshold for a few days. And again, it's easy to go back in time and say, oh, you should have known 15 years ago that the Republicans were going to do this in 2022. I mean— they were trying to get health care passed. They were not going to be able to use 60 votes to codify Roe v. Wade on the national level. No one thought they'd have to do it. No one could have known that Mitch McConnell would block the only black president from getting an up or down vote on a Supreme Court nominee. I, let's blame the Republicans. No, let's not blame the Democrats for that. No, I, I agree. I Well, I agree. I just I just wish that the 
that Democrats were a little more aggressive because they did have since 73 to do this. I mean, Republicans are evil. doesn't mean that we have to be bad. We have to be good. No matter what. I know. I know. And um, Democrats, you know, a lot of them, a lot of, listen, Democrats are much better. I know. But again, you know, we're, we're trying, they're always trying to play catch up. Not a lot of planning ahead. I mean, if Joe Biden doesn't run for reelection and leaves after these midterms, I mean, in two years, he will be considered one of the most consequential presidents of our lifetime. His legacy will, I mean, you think Jimmy Carter looks better now after leaving the White House. Joe Biden's going to look so good for how much they achieved that we can sit around all day talking about all the shit Democrats should have done and failed to do. But I, 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 I just, know, I, I, know. I, I can't, I can't dwell on that. I've got to dwell on where the fight is now. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I just, I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, the, the thing I really called about is <laughs> the fact that Okay, so we, we're talking about, uh, you know, Herschel Walker all, all day. That's every single news channel talking about mainly him. And, you know, just what do you know, another hypocritical Republican. Uh, nothing new to me. Um, but what's crazy that Dr. Oz didn't get the headlining news after, you know, because you, you heard my dogs last night. They're barkers. I'm a dog I person. know your dogs are awesome. I love them. <laughs> They're going to be killing 300 dogs that's absolutely ridiculous i yeah um it's i mean i understand i'm, I'm all pro science and i'm you know i mean let's just keep it at rats if anything but good lord i, I mean, mean we don't know that we listen dogs, and, and in pretty- fairness in fairness to dr oz i love saying that we don't know the nature of these experiments we don't know how many human lives were enriched because of these experiments and the suffering these animals were made to endure. But I think it'd be a great time for Dr. Oz to come forward and tell us all the good things that came from the slaughter of these dogs in his lab. Yeah, you know, it, it really could be technically, you know, there's so many opportunities for these politicians, for them to make a positive rain on their campaign by talking about actually the good that they've done with the bad that happened. Uh, for instance, if Herschel Walker would have came out and just said, Hey, you know, I, this happened to me in 2009. I feel horrible about it, and my mind's changed. And you know, I'm sorry for not being truthful or whatever. And this is a private yeah. matter that shouldn't have been whatever. But the point is, he didn't. And Doctor yeah. Oz, I'll put a million bucks that he won't. So yeah, it's you're right. Their own damn fault, shooting themselves in the foot, and that's their own problem. That ain't my problem. So that's really, really uh, true. And they can't stand Dr. Oz, and it looks pretty good right now. But again, this is American politics. Everything could change in a day. Everything could change. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, I'm a Catholic, too, and forgiveness is my middle name. So, I mean, I could forgive, but, you know, I never will forget. So, got to keep that mentality. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Thank you for the call, man. I really Later. appreciate it. Take care, Dylan. 866-997-4748. I got, I got to talk about this one story. This is the best thing I've read. And I was trying to explain this to Chris and Thea in our meeting earlier, but David Leonhard has this piece in the New York Times that you really should read. We haven't talked about COVID much, but it's a piece in the New York Times newsletter, a public health success story. And it's all about COVID and racial inequalities and how the COVID mass vaccination program that you and I know began on December 14th of 2020. Remember that? It was almost two whole years ago when a nurse at a hospital here in Queens got a shot. It was on live TV. Um, we soon saw Joe Biden get his shot and a lot of other people. And the Leonhard piece talks about how more than two months later, uh, a huge health clinic in North Birmingham, Alabama, which was mainly focused on black and Latino low-income residents, two months later, still had not been given a single vaccine dose. And Alabama officials said it wasn't because of any kind of racism. Other clinics signed up first, blah, blah, blah. But again, again, the black neighborhoods didn't have vaccines and the white neighborhoods did. Right. Sound familiar? Well, it's actually a story about how the Biden administration came in really determined to close the racial gap on COVID. Ron Klain said we built our COVID response with equity at the heart of it. And they diverted some of the vaccine doses from the state stockpiles directly to community health clinics. And they put up a working group across agencies to spread ideas about what worked. They installed clinics in black and Latino neighborhoods. They helped local organizations set up clinics at churches and and even beauty salons, right? I mean, you know, they said people have choices in affluent communities where they feel confident getting vaccinated. Let's give a big selection for people in low-income communities. So by the spring of last year, a few months into this, white Americans were much more likely, as we all know, to have been vaccinated than black or Latino Americans. We heard the stats all the time. 
But by the end of last year, did you know the Hispanic rate was higher than the white rate? And by the end of last year, the black rate for COVID vaccine was almost as high as the white rate. What does that mean? It means the racial gap in COVID death rates has disappeared. And it's happened because of deliberate policy. Our government erased racial disparities in new COVID-19 death rates, even if you adjust for age. And one reason is that the remaining pool of unvaccinated Americans is disproportionately Republican. And as we know, Republicans are disproportionately white. We are very sorry that so many people still being hospitalized for COVID are Republicans. We are very sorry they believed politicians and media figures that told them not to wear masks, that mocked social distancing, that sowed doubt in these vaccines that have allowed us to come back so much to normal life. But this is a public health success story, and the White House should talk about it a lot. It's amazing, and it happened deliberately because we tried. So think about that. Think about the fact that we wanted to fix it. There was a problem where certain communities were disproportionately affected by something, and as public policy, we actually tried to fix it, and it worked. A lot of liberals don't like calling attention to decline in racial inequity. They, they worry it minimizes the problems. And a lot of conservatives don't want to talk at all about anything that Biden's done that has helped people. But this is positive COVID news. I mean, think about what this could mean overall, this kind of public health story. Like, what else could we do to reduce America's racial inequities in housing, in education, in income, in criminal justice? What if this model was applied to other social problems where we see non-white people disproportionately affected? It's pretty inspiring. And it's anti-racism. Quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. Quick little ad from the beautiful state of North Carolina. This is the Senate race. It's... It's a crazy one. And I know we talk about other states more. We got to talk about the Ted Budd, Sherry Beasley campaign more. Here's Ted Budd's latest attack ad on Sherry Beasley in the great state of NC. Joe Biden spent recklessly. Now he wants 87,000 more IRS agents to cover his tab. Sherry Beasley supports both ideas. 87,000 to harass small businesses and working people like her and them, no matter the pain it causes. I'm Ted Budd, and I'm running for Senate because Joe Biden and Sherry Beasley want more from you. But I want more for you, and that's the difference. I'm Ted Budd, and I approve this message. Oh, what a freaking liar. Okay, where to begin? Uh, Joe Biden spent money for you. Ted Budd is not going to spend any money for you unless, of course, you are a donor. Uh, to Ted Budd. And then this IRS thing, boy, they can't get off of this. You know, they we, we keep voting saying, yeah, make the rich pay more, make the rich pay more. The American people want it. They finally say, yeah, we're going to do it. And we got to hire more IRS agents because these motherfuckers, you're not you're paying your taxes. They're not. 
And that's what they flip out about. Here's the deal. The IRS is understaffed. The new employees that this is paying for, this this money, it's going to happen over nine years. Most of the new hires won't even be agents. They'll be like support staff and IT people. And most of the new hires are replacing IRS staff who are retiring. So yeah, 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 well, you don't want to hear me. It's all lies. You know it. You listen to this channel. Uh, here's the Beasley campaign now stepping up with an ad of their own. I'm Sherry Beasley, and I approve this message. Ted Budd's family company faced a decision. As they went bankrupt, who should come first, farmers or themselves? The Buds took $10 million and left over a 1,000 farmers holding the bag. But it gets worse. Even though the Buds were millionaires, when the company went bankrupt, it owed as much as $1.3 million in taxes. Ted Budd, he'll always put himself first, not you. I mean, it might be a good ad, but again, the fact I've got to keep coming back to is Republican voters don't care. They don't care about corruption. They really don't care about racism or misogyny. They don't care about hypocrisy. They don't care what's really in the Bible or in the Constitution. The party cares about power, not people, not ideology. 